But we're glad you're here today. Amen. Today we've come to celebrate the greatest thing that ever happened in the history of the world. Amen. The resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Uh, This day excites me. But of course, it's resurrection day every day for a child of God. But today's been set aside that we honor our Savior, our King, our Master, our God today. As He came with a purpose. God sent His only begotten Son into the world to redeem us to God the Father. He came to die on the cross for our sins. But listen to me this morning. If He would have just died for our sins, and they would have placed him in the tomb, and he hadn't risen after the third day, we would have only been forgiven for our sins. But we would not have eternal life. It took his resurrection. And that's what we celebrate today. Amen? So turn your Bibles to Matthew 28. I know we went over it. Brother Bill used that as a text to read, which is good. That means you're going to get it twice, so maybe it'll rub off. Amen? Matthew 28. And I want to speak to you on the subject of a dawn of a new day. When Jesus came out of that tomb. Matthew chapter 28. And we'll read beginning in verse 1. And in the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. And his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. The angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said, Come see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail, and they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. And then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there they shall see me. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the time you've given us, Lord. Come to your house today as we celebrate your resurrection. And Father, we thank you that through your offering, 
as a sacrifice for our sins. Through your resurrection, Lord, we have forgiveness and eternal life. Thank you, Father, for dying for us. And today, the best we know how, we want to celebrate and worship you today in spirit and in truth. And Lord, give me the words to say to feed your sheep, encourage your people. And Lord, if there's one here today that doesn't know you, they haven't trusted you as Savior. Let this be the day that they obtain grace and salvation before it's too late. Be of the sick, the afflicted. Be with those it's our duty to pray for. And thank you for our members and our guests and visitors today that are here as we celebrate your resurrection. I love you and I praise you. And I thank you for this privilege, being able to stand before your people and share your word. For it's in Jesus' mighty and precious name I pray. Amen. Please be seated. I've had the privilege and the honor of going to Israel twice. And of course, when a person goes to Israel, one of the first places that they want to go is they want to go to the tomb. And I'm here to tell you this morning and to declare to you this morning that tomb is empty. Amen? It's empty. Now, what makes the Lord's tomb different from all of the other tombs of religious leaders and founders? As I said just a second ago, his tomb is empty. People gather at the founders of their religions and they gather at their graves. But listen to me, as they gather at those graves, literally those folks in those graves are still in those graves. But when it comes to the tomb of Jesus, it's empty. And that's why we're here today to celebrate his resurrection. And by the way, if ever was a time to celebrate his resurrection, it's today. Amen. But it doesn't have to be just one day a year. Listen, as Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ be not risen from the dead, then we are all men most miserable. Listen, had he not rose from the dead, I hate to say it, you're wasting your time. In fact, you're wasting your time listening to me. Because if he has not risen, from the dead, then what I declare to you is a lie. And I am blaspheming God's word had he not risen. But he is alive. Amen. And here's the best part of him being alive. He's coming again to take us home to be with him. Now let's get into our text. It says, 
In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, we know the first day of the week is Sunday, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher where Jesus had been buried. And by the way, he was buried. It was prophesied that he would be buried in a borrowed tomb. And of course, the tomb that he was buried in was Joseph of Arimathea's tomb. And when Jesus gave up the ghost, when he cried out, it is finished, they took him down hurriedly, and Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea wrapped him in burial linen, anointed his bodies with spices as quickly and as hurriedly as they could to get him in the tomb before the Sabbath began at sundown. Understand, the ladies now, after the Sabbath has ended, are on their way to the sepulcher to finish up because, you know, women do things a lot better than us men. Amen? You see, even though Nicodemus, I know, ladies, you owe me. I said you women did good. No. That's just how y'all are. Y'all are more detailed than us men. Believe me, Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, they wanted to do all they could, but they didn't have the proper time to do it. But Mary Magdalene, the other Mary, and others are on their way. And understand, you can't tell me it wasn't a time of weeping. You see, they had thought that Jesus was the Messiah, the Savior. They had thought he was the one. But they watched him die on a Roman cross. And when they took him down and they placed him in the tomb, they thought that was it. He's dead. Believe me, when they made their way to the sepulcher, they weren't thinking, oh, the tomb's going to be empty. No, no, no. They thought... It was a done deal. He was dead still laying in that tomb. And they were going to come and honor him by finishing up preparing his body. But notice what it says. As the Sabbath, as it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. I want to stop right there and simply say this. God sent an angel of the Lord there for three specific reasons. Okay? And by the way, I know it's been depicted in some TV shows concerning the resurrection of the Savior that the angel was a little half-naked baby with two little wings. Hooey-fooey. This was the messenger of the Lord. This was the Lord of hosts to come for three reasons. Reason number one, to roll the stone away. Believe me, those ladies in the other gospels questioned and even asked amongst themselves, who is going to roll the stone away. Why? Because that stone weighed about a ton. You see, the reason it was so heavy was to keep 
robbers and thieves from robbing corpses, the dead. So that was the first reason that he came, to roll the stone away. The second reason he came was to handle those that were keepers of the tomb of Christ, the soldiers that were there to guard him. And have you ever stopped to think? They had to have been probably some of the worst guards there ever was in the Roman army. You say, why? Well, first of all, what was their job? To guard a dead body. Think about that for a second. They were to guard a dead body. I'm sure in their minds, oh, we got it easy. This is an easy assignment. Wrong. Why? Because the angel of the Lord came, and when they saw him, they literally out of fear fainted as if they were dead. So that was the second reason. They came to roll the stone away for the ladies and let me back up. Sometimes I get ahead of myself. Why was the stone rolled away? So that they could see he wasn't there. It wasn't to let Jesus out. It was to let them in to see that he rose from the dead as he said he would. But secondly, to handle that Roman guard there placed to guard the tomb. And by the way, according to Roman law, if they lost a prisoner, they would suffer in their place. In other words, they were going to die. But the Jewish leaders at that time told them to tell everybody that while they slept, the disciples came and stole the body. And by the way, here's your little change. They bribed them. And that story is still being told today. That it was the disciples. But beloved, listen to me. Uh -uh. And the third reason the angel appeared there at the tomb and was sitting, sitting on top of that rock entrance of the tomb was to declare God in heaven my son has came and done what he had to do as we spoke in our planning eternity past he would come he would live a perfect sinless life he would be crucified he would atone for the sins of the world and on the third day he rose it was to declare that Jesus was who he claimed to be. The Bible says that the way the angel was dressed, it said his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. What a sight. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and become as dead men. <laughs> Anybody ever been so scared you felt like passing out? 
Let me ask you a question. I probably shouldn't tell this. My wife will probably hit me. But how many of you, how many of you ever had a gun pulled on you? Several of us. Could you speak? Uh, you froze. I had a gun pulled on me. And I tell you what, it stopped me in my tracks, and I'm telling you, I couldn't get a word out. I froze. Well, that's what we're talking about here. They were so afraid to froze. Now, look at what the angel says in verse 5. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus which was crucified. Understand, it wasn't only a time of weeping, but it was a time of wonder. You see, the farthest thing from their mind was that Jesus had actually rose from the dead. And the angel came and told them, I know who you seek. Come and see. He's risen. And it was a wonder. And today people wonder, could it be true? Listen, I've never seen Jesus physically. Okay? I've never heard him audibly speak to me. But I know he's real. I know he lives because he loves me and he died for me and he saved me and he promised to come back for me and for all that have trusted him and believed. Remember what he told Thomas? Thomas, because you have seen, you have believed. But blessed are they that haven't seen, but yet still believe. That's us. We are those that haven't seen, but yet we believe. And he said, blessed are they. Happy are they. Absolutely. You know why I'm happy? You know why I'm blessed? You know why you're happy and you're blessed? Those of us that are in Christ, we don't fear death no longer. Death was defeated when Jesus on the third day came out of that tomb. You see, he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he also defeated one other thing. Sometimes we forget. When he died, he atoned for sin. He defeated sin for us. It now has no dominion over us. Not saying we're going to be perfect. Not this side of eternity, but one day we will be. Amen. So, it was a time of wonder. Again, they came to the tomb to anoint a dead body. Even though Jesus had said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will. He didn't say I might, I could. He says, I will raise it up. And he did. Now, notice, and the angel entered and said to the women, fear not ye, for I know that you seek 
Jesus, which was crucified. And by the way, that is the gospel message. Jesus came, offered himself for our sins and atoned for our sins. And God accepted his death as payment. And God was pleased by his sacrifice on the cross. He was crucified. But again, that's not the end of it. He rose again. Now, notice, he is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come see the place where the Lord lays. As I said in my opening, I've been to the tomb. I have seen it's empty. But back in the late 1800s, there was a renowned archaeologist that go by the name of Gordon. I can't think of his first name. But he was world renowned. And they had him come to the tomb and he did some digging trying to prove that it was where Jesus laid and that no one can come out of that tomb alive. He was trying to discredit the Lord and all of his followers, pretty much. But after months of investigating and digging, he came to this conclusion. Nope. There hasn't been anybody that's died and been in this tomb, or else we would have found some type of of bone or flesh or decomposition. But no. No. Well, just let me say this, and I'll say it in an Arkansas way so everybody can understand. He's a big dummy. You know why you didn't find no bones? You want to know why you didn't find no decomposition? I'll tell you why. Because he rose. He's alive. He didn't stay in the tomb. He arose. Now, I'll say this and I won't charge you. You know why nobody else has ever been buried in that tomb? 2,000 years? Y'all ever stop to think? Well, why wasn't Joseph of Arimathea? It was his tomb. Why wasn't somebody else, his family or Whatever, and by the way, there are some people that bought that property. But why wasn't anybody else buried in that tomb? Because the person that was laid in it before rose from the dead. Think about that. That's why nobody ever was buried in that tomb again. Because the one that was in there rose again. Think about that. You're welcome. Simple. But common sense. Amen. I may not be book smart, but thank God I got a little common sense. I was raised in the country. I got some common sense. Now, my dad might have argued with me about that. But uh, I've got some common sense, and I'm thankful. And I got enough sense to believe this is right. This is true. 
and I know he lives in my heart. And I know where he's at today. It's in heaven at the right hand seat of God on the throne in heaven, making intercession for us. So he lives. Now, notice what he said. Go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee, and there shall you see him. Lo, I have told you. Again, angel of the Lord delivered the message of the Father to the ladies. Go to the disciples and tell them that he lives and that he will meet them in Galilee. Just as he said. And then the Bible says, and they, speaking of the women, and they departed quickly from the sepulcher. Did you get that? And they departed quickly. They didn't sit there and have a powwow and discuss. I wonder, no, when the angel of the Lord delivered the message and told them to go to the disciples, they left right then and right there. And look at what the word says. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And that word fear doesn't mean, oh my goodness, they're scared to death of what they have just seen. No, that fear means they had reverence because it dawned on them they finally got it. The light finally came on. He is who he claimed to be. So out of Reverence and joy, they quickly head to Jerusalem to tell the disciples. And then look at what happens. And as they went to tell his disciples, and by the way, they witnessed, basically. Child of God, when's the last time you told somebody about Jesus? We're supposed to witness, are we not? What are we supposed to witness? His death, his burial, and his resurrection. We're supposed to tell them, hey, he's not in that tomb. He's alive. He went to the cross to die for our sins. They witnessed. But notice what it says. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hail. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Now, here they are, hurriedly heading toward the disciples to deliver the message, he's alive. And as they're heading that away, here comes Jesus. Can you imagine what must have been going on in their minds when they see him with their own eyes? Not just taking the word by faith of what God's messenger said, but now they see them for see him for their, themselves with their eyes. And the Bible says, he says, all hail. And notice what happened. And they came and held him by the feet, and they worshipped him. Let me ask you a question. What else would you have done? 
they fell at his feet and they worshipped him. And beloved, I'm here to tell you today, he is worthy of our worship. We should worship him every day of our lives, just not Sunday or on special occasions, but those of us that are in Christ, we are to worship him every day. And they weren't ashamed to worship him. He stands before them. He greets them. And the Bible says they fall at his feet, they hold his feet, and they worship him. Why, preacher, would they worship him? Because they had something to worship him about. You see, he wasn't just someone that had died a cruel death, but he was someone that defeated death itself for them. For them. And for us. Amen? For us. Oh, the time of worship. And then said Jesus unto them, Be not afraid, go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee and there shall they see me. Well, they were already instructed by the angel of the Lord, the messenger of the Lord, to go to the disciples and tell them that Jesus would meet them in Galilee. But now Jesus declares it a second time. Why? Because what he is saying the second time is this. I have come as I was promised. I did the Father's will. I died on the cross. I was buried. I rose again. And now I will meet you so that you might see me face to face. So that you will believe. How many of you are true believers? That's the question. You say, well, it's kind of hard. I mean, there really isn't proof. Oh, but there is. We have the proof of an empty tomb. We have the proof of God's word. And we have the proof of a changed life when Christ saves a person. There's your proof. But do you believe? You see, I've ran across skeptics in my time in the ministry. In fact, I've probably ran across more than I probably would like to. Because you get kind of Oh, you're one of them. Okay. God, give me grace. Don't let me speak what I'm thinking about saying. There's skeptics in the world. But listen to me, child of God. We have a responsibility to witness and testify that he was dead. He was buried. But praise God, he rose from the dead. We have a responsibility to share him. And that day, 
that wonderful first day of the week, that day, a new dawn began. I hope you have experienced his resurrection. I hope you've trusted him as your Savior. But if you're here this morning and you haven't, you're skeptical, I would pray that God's Spirit will speak to your heart and convince you that he's real and he is alive as much as you and I are today. He's even more so. You see, we're still, we're alive, but the Bible says we're dead men walking. Amen? See, we're dead in sins and trespasses. But because of the power of his resurrection, by simply, by faith, accepting him as our Savior, he gives us power. To rise also. One of these days, the trumpet's going to sound, and all of our dead loved ones that were in Christ that died before us, they're going to be the first ones up and out of the grave. And those of us, if we're alive at that time, we're going to meet them in the air. Can you imagine? Whoo! Man, I just, I can't even fathom that. But I know it's going to happen. Jesus told me it was going to happen. I can tell you something about Jesus. I may every now and then fib to you. Not that I mean to, but I can tell a tall story. I can tell you, hey, I've been fishing. I caught one like this. In reality, it was that big. But Jesus, when he tells you something, he doesn't lie. He doesn't break his word. He tells you the truth because he can't help but tell the truth because he is the truth. He's alive. All you have to do is trust him. All you have to do is call on him. And he'll save you. He will save you. He came and sacrificed once and for all to atone for our sins. After doing that, the Bible says he sat down. According to Hebrews 10, he sat down at the throat of God. You see, there never ever has to be another sacrifice. Jesus did it once and for all for us. And you know what it was that guaranteed our salvation? Out of the third day coming out of that tomb it guaranteed eternal life so beloved we celebrate his resurrection I hope you know him but if you don't we're going to have a stanza of invitation brother Bob y'all come we're going to have a stanza of invitation and as we have this invitation I encourage you If the Lord is speaking to your heart, you know beyond a shadow of doubt you've not trusted him as your Savior. 
then come forward. Let me introduce you to Christ. He'll save you. Maybe you're under the sound of my voice and you're not quite sure. You don't know 100% if you're saved or not. You want to think that you are, but you have that doubt in your mind and in your heart this morning. Then when this invitation is given, you come forward. You can get that settled this morning. Whatever the Lord's leading you to. Maybe you just want to come up and say, you know what? Bless God, I'm saved. I know I'm saved. I know where I'm going to spend eternity. And I just want to come and thank you, Jesus. Come. There's plenty of room at the altar. If you have a need, he can meet. Amen.